Good Tidings. Good Tidings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Good Tidings radio broadcast. This is your radio pastor, Dr. David Pinkerton. I'm accompanied today by my lovely wife, Dorinda, and we're going to be hearing from her in just a few moments. But we're glad you're tuned in today. Here we are on the sun-drenched hills of Ava, Illinois, and you're listening to us on the FM side of the dial at 103.9 FM, or if you're listening to us via the internet, you can find us at wxanradio.com, and when the page pulls up, just click on Listen Live. It is 11 o'clock Central Standard Time on Saturday the 22nd of July here in the year of our Lord Jesus 2023. And we're glad you're tuned in today. Um, Dorinda's going to share something with us here in just a moment. Can you believe we're in the third week of July already and it's been a hot summer? Uh, For some of you, it's been a wet summer, but for most of us here in the Midwest, it's been very dry. We're thankful God gave us a little bit of a shower reprieve the other day, but we're still needing those showers of blessings that God can himself can give us, okay, spiritually and certainly physically for our farmers and those that are putting so much effort and and time into the fields that we enjoy the harvest of. So today, before we go any farther, Dorinda has a tidbit. Here it is, a hot summer day, and Dorinda's got a little tidbit to help cool us off from the Scripture in the form of a little bit of a Bible thought and a Bible devotional. Here she is. John four, fourteen. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Parched, drying, aching, not your throat, but your soul. It isn't water you need, but living water. And there's only one place to get it, from the living stream. Run from this dry, barren desert of a world to the oasis of God's word. Drink long and deep. Let him quench your thirst, restore and renew. Rest in the cool of his shadow. God loves your thirst because it sends you running to Him, because it lets Him refresh you from the living stream. Very good. Thank you, Dorinda. Amen. Well said. Yes, here this hot summer, Jesus is that living water, that refreshing stream that we need. We're glad you're tuned in today. I want you to open your Bibles this morning. I want to share I thought with you along the line of salvation still. This is something the Holy Spirit has been dealing with me about precisely. We took a few weeks off to go a couple different ways, but we're going to look at today several different verses, but they're all going to come from the book of 1 John. So open your Bibles, go to 1 John chapter number 1, and then hold your place there because in 1 John because that's where we're going to be. Again, this is the Good Tidings radio broadcast, and we're grateful to be part of the ministry here of WXAN Radio. Uh, Brother Danny, Leanne, uh, 
we thank the Lord for them and for Will and Melody and Matt, the good team here that we get to be a small part of in preaching and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, but also uh, being part of this the best gospel music this side of heaven. So we're thankful for this ministry, and we ask you to support it spiritually, um, financially, prayerfully. Let people know about what great blessing WXAN is. All right, I want to speak to you today along the topic of salvation. I want to give you four simple truths about salvation. There are a lot of people in this world, and Satan's good at clouding, confusing God's Word. There are people that think they're getting to heaven in all these various ways. But we're going to look at what the Bible says. And you know the way Dorinda and I use the King James Version of the Bible. So if you have a different translation, it may read a little differently. But we want to give you a message today. Jot, down, jot it down with a pen or a, and get a piece of paper. Take a note on four truths about salvation. Four truths about biblical salvation. And I want you to listen closely, have a friend listen, a family member, record this and give it to them, because we're going to look and see what God's Word says about being saved and knowing what salvation is biblically defined. In 1 John chapter number 1, look at verse number 8 and 9. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Now look at 1 John chapter 2. Verses 1 and 2. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Look at First John chapter number 3, verses 8 through 10. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. Now notice 1 John chapter 5. And verse 1, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. And finally, look at 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Now, by way of introduction, as we think about four truths about biblical salvation, there are five chapters, 105 verses in the first epistle of John. The word truth, or the word know, K-N-O-W, is found 36 times. From these five chapters, I call your attention to four truths about salvation. Write these down, folks. Number one, everyone needs to be saved. 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now notice that the word sin in verse 8. Sin is what we are. 
That's our nature. David said in Psalm 51 and verse 5, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. You see, something inside of all of us pulls us in the wrong direction. Every little baby, boy, or girl that is born is born with a sinful nature. Little ones come into the world with their fists clenched like they're here to say, Mine. Everything is mine. And no child automatically says, Yes, sir, or Yes, ma'am, or Thank you very much. They just don't do that. They have to be taught these courtesies. And folks, anything that you have to be taught to do is not part of your nature. And anything that you do without being taught is part of your nature. A child doesn't have to be taught to be selfish. A little little child uh, can come into a living room and have 25 toys scattered all over the room. And if a neighbor child comes over to play, all of a sudden that little boy or girl runs over and said, Hey, that's mine. Give me mine. That's mine. That's mine. Because Why? Because children have to be taught to share. They've also got to be taught to say, Thank you. So, folks, anything you have to be taught to do is not part of your nature. Well, a child doesn't have to be taught how to sin. Why? Because we're born with a sinful nature. In Psalm 58 and verse 3, the Bible says, The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. Now, think about that. When we first saw our beautiful little children, babies, infants, We didn't think that they had a sinful nature. And it's not until later on that you learn they have a sinful nature because a lot of times babies can, as we know, they can only communicate through, through crying and so forth. But a lot of times a child will cry when really what they're wanting is attention. They may not be wet or they may not be dirty or they may not be hungry, but they want attention from mom or dad. And they'll cry out like they may be wet, hungry, or dirty. And the truth is they really just want mom or dad to come and pick them up. Certainly nothing wrong with that. We parents know that. But the child's lying because the child is promoting something that's really not going on. So what's the point? We are born with a sinful nature. And the Bible is right. The wicked go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. So think about this. Everyone needs to be saved. Why is that? Because everyone has a sin nature. And everyone needs to be saved because everyone has committed sins. In 1 John chapter uh, 1 and verse 9, it says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. Now, sin in verse 8 is what we are of 1 John chapter 1. But sin in verse 9 are the things we do because of what we are, and that is sin. Not every person has committed the same sins, but we read in Romans 3 and verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It doesn't matter what sin you want to list, not everybody commits the same sins, but the Bible teaches us that all human beings are born with a sinful nature and we are sinners by our very birth. Dr. Joe Henry Hankins once asked his doctor, Doc, What's the strongest person or the strongest poison known to mankind? And his doctor replied, potassium cyanide. Brother Hankins said, Doc, how much potassium cyanide would a man have to drink in order for it to kill him? The doctor answered, Now, Brother Hankins, it's so strong that if a person took the stopper out of the bottle of potassium cyanide and touched the underneath portion of their tongue where the blood vessels are nearest to the surface... 
they wouldn't live long enough to get the stopper back into the bottle. So Brother Hankins concluded, he continued, he said, well, what's the difference? What difference would it make then if we were to drink the whole bottle? And the doctor says, I, I don't see where you're going, trying to get at. And Brother Hankins said, <coughs> excuse me, folks. Brother Hankins just said this. So it doesn't matter how much you take in, whether it's a dropper full, just touching your tongue or the whole bottle, there's no difference. You're still going to die. And he said to the doctor, he said, Doc, a lot of people in this world think that they have to commit every sin in the catalog to be lost. But the truth is they are lost whether or not they ever commit another sin or not. We are born with a sinful nature, folks, and that's why everyone needs to be saved. There are no sinless people. Only Jesus was. There are no perfect people. So as we think about four truths about salvation, we understand quickly everyone needs to be saved. Now, number two, everyone can be saved. Amen. In 1 John chapter number 2, verses 1 and 2, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation or the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Now, folks, the greatest truth that can ever course through your mind is the truth of the substitutionary death of Jesus Christ. Over 2,000 years ago, God took every sin that me or you have ever committed and all the sins of the whole world, and he laid them on his son, Jesus Christ. Isaiah 53, 6 says it like this. The Lord hath laid on him, that's Jesus, the iniquity of us all. And 1 Peter 2, 24 says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. So think about it this way. If we had to pay for our sins, Folks, we have nothing to offer God. Nothing. Every lie that's ever been told, every act of disobedience, every evil thought, every sin that's ever committed, folks, all the sins we've ever committed were laid on Jesus Christ, and not us only, but the sins of the whole world, God says. God punished Jesus in our place to pay the sin debt that we owe, me, Dorinda, and you, and the whole world. The Bible says in Romans 6, and verse 23, the wages of sin is death. And Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 4 tells us, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Now God's payment for sin is death. And that death is described as the second death, the lake of fire. In Revelations chapter 20 and verse 14, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. If we had to pay what we owe as sinners, we would all have to go into hell forever and stay there and burn and be tormented and burn forever. And since God is immutable, that means he's unchangeable. His payment for sin never changes. But over 2,000 years ago, God placed all of our sins upon Christ and punished Jesus in our place to pay the debt that we owe. That's what 1 John chapter 2 and verse 2 means. He is the propitiation for our sins and the atoning sacrifice, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. So think about this, folks. 
God very simply took every sin that you and I have ever committed, and he laid them on Jesus Christ. I like what the psalmist said, or rather the song said, Oh, why was he there as the bearer of sin, if on Jesus my guilt was not laid? And why did he shed his life-giving blood, if his dying my debt has not paid? Now, if Jesus Christ died for the whole world, if he is the propitiation or the atoning sacrifice for the whole world, then it sounds like the whole world is saved. But all the people in the world are not. The whole world is potentially saved, but no one is actually saved until he or she trusts Jesus Christ personally as their personal Savior. The death of Christ on the cross is sufficient for all. But it is only efficient to those who believe on him as Savior. Nobody will ever look out of hell and say, Jesus, I wanted to be saved, but you didn't die for me. Since Christ died for the whole world, Hebrews 2.9 says that he tasted death for every man. Since Jesus Christ is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world, then everyone who needs to be saved can be saved. Isn't that good news, Dorinda? That's outstanding. So we see this. Everyone, number one, is we're thinking about four biblical truths about salvation. Number one, everyone needs to be saved. Number two, everyone can be saved. And now number three, everyone is saved the same way. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Now note the word believeth here. Believe is found at least 90 times in the gospel of John alone. And in John chapter 3 and verse 36, Jesus divides the whole world into two groups. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. The Bible believe, think about this, the Bible definition of the word believe means to trust, to depend on, or to rely upon. So, there's only one way to be saved. Acts chapter 16 and verse 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. So the old preacher worked at post office. One day a lady came into the post office and said, hey, preacher, I want to tell you something. Now, here's the way I see religion, preacher. We all came to the post office this morning, but we all came in different routes. You came one way. I came another. Others here in the post office still came other ways. No one came the same way, but we all arrived at the post office. Now, she said, that's the way, preacher, that I see it is with, with, as it is with religion. Each one of us has our own religion, and as long as we're sincere in what we believe, we'll end up in heaven. And she looked at the preacher and said, now, what do you think about that? And he said, well, ma'am, there's only one problem with that philosophy you have, and that is this, when you die... You're not going to the post office. There may be 47 ways to the post office in your town, but there's only one way to heaven. Amen. And everyone is saved the same way. Amen. All are saved by trusting Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And by the way, there is no promise to those in the Bible who partially believe on Christ. You must trust Jesus Christ and him alone. Amen. It is not Jesus plus your church membership. It's not Jesus plus your baptism. It's not Jesus plus turning over a new leaf. It's Jesus Christ and him alone. Everyone is saved the same way, 
by trusting Jesus Christ as Savior. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. So we see four simple Bible truths about salvation. That is, everyone needs to be saved. Everyone can be saved. Everyone is, sa- everyone is saved the same way. Rather, num- And number four, and finally, everyone can know that they are saved. First John chapter 5 and verse number 13. The scripture says to us, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know, K-N-O-W, that ye have currently, presently, eternal life. Several times in the first epistle of John we find the expression, We know, we know, we know. Here it says that we know we have eternal life. You don't have to hope or think so. You don't have to hope you do or think or, or hope that you can. This verse and others say the written word of God is the basis of our assurance. Some people doubt their salvation because they base their assurance on their feelings. When feelings change, they begin to doubt their salvation. Now, folks, I feel good. But I don't know I'm saved because I feel good. I know I'm saved because the Bible says so. And I feel good because I know I'm saved. Now, why trust changing your feelings when you can trust the unchanging Word of God, the Bible? The Bible is the Word of God. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. That's teaching. Other people doubt their salvation because they don't remember the exact day or the hour that they trusted Jesus as their personal Savior. Now think about this. There's a lot of things you and I will forget in life, but salvation is not one of them. Now you may not know the exact details. What I'm saying about that is we forget where we lay the keys or the fob to the car. We forget what we're supposed to do two days from now or what we should have done yesterday. But when you've trusted Christ Jesus as your personal Savior, God wants you to know that you have assurance. You have eternal life. Not temporary life. If you lost that temp- if you lost your salvation because of sin, then God lied to you, and He only gave you temporary life when you got saved. But the Bible teaches that when you believe on Jesus, you have eternal or everlasting life Amen. promised by God, not promised by yourself or what you think is right or what your grandpappy said or Grammy said. Our assurance is based upon what the Bible teaches, folks. What is hard to understand about everlasting life or eternal life? If you could lose it, it would be called temporary life, and God is a liar. But he says repeatedly, everlasting life, eternal life, and he wants you to know that you have it when you trust Christ as your Savior, and you're not going to lose it. Amen. So, the Bible says, these things have I written unto you, that ye may know. So Jesus gave the written word of God as the basis of our assurance of salvation, not some preacher's philosophy or some denominational dogma. You have the assurance of the Bible. The Bible says in John 3.36, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Now, if I'm trusting Jesus Christ as my Savior, then I know that I have everlasting life because God said so and God is cannot lie. Amen. Someone said, God said it, 
I believe it, and that settles it. Well, that sounds good, but think with me for a minute. That's wrong. Because God said it, and that settles it, whether anybody believes it or not. Everybody who is saved can know it by taking God at his word. And he said, he that believeth hath everlasting life. He said, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. If you're trusting Jesus Christ as Savior, then according to God's word, you have everlasting life. So believe it. Believe it. Let God's word triumph and trump over everybody and some preacher's philosophy. So now listen, with that said, We've looked at four simple biblical truths about salvation. But with all that said that Dorinda and I tried to share today from the Holy Scriptures, it doesn't apply to you until you make it apply to you. So, you must realize, as the Bible said, you're a sinner. You can't save yourself. You owe a sin debt. Jesus died on the cross, shed his blood in our place. He's the propitiation for our sins. God put your sins upon him and punished him in your place. When he died, they put him in a tomb, and three days later, he resurrected, triumphant over death, hell, and the grave. So, with all of that said, you can know you're saved by asking him to be your Savior. So, from the sincerity of your heart, right now, you can call upon Christ and be saved. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall, or means will, be saved. So, follow me in this simple prayer from the sincerity of of your heart. Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I'm trusting you and you alone as my personal Savior. Amen. Now, folks, if you've done that, the Bible promises you have everlasting life and you've been born again. Now, I've got some information that I would like to give to you as a new Christian. If you'll email me, so email me at Dr. Dave, D-R-D-A-V-E, 1-3, Dr. Dave, 1-3, at gmail.com, and I'll send that to you free of charge to help you start living and understanding what it's like now to be a Christian and to get some assurances down in your heart. Now, find a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Bible-preaching, soul-winning church and go in there and get involved in growing in Christ. Read your Bible every day. Follow the Lord in believer's baptism by immersion. Tell the pastor you've been saved. Now you want to be baptized. If you have any questions, get a hold of me, drdave13 at gmail.com. God bless you. On behalf of Dorinda and Brett and I, we love you guys. This is the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast. We're grateful that you listen. Tell a friend about it every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. And keep looking up. Jesus is coming again. Jesus is good tidings of great joy to all the world. I bring you good tidings. Oh, yes. He's finally here. Emmanuel. God is with us. Oh, There's yes. No to For unto you is born this day, Savior Christ our Lord. So fear not. Fear not. Yes, sir. Tidings of great joy. I bring you the